We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back to another episode of the BearCast. We're back after two months. Quite the break. <laughs> Quite the hiatus. We like going on hiatuses, but this one was extremely long. But I'll take back. full accountability. That <laughs> was my fault. Um, we- wedding planning. I did a full pause on all things pretty much outside of wedding planning in my job. So, yeah, but we're back now. We're officially back because Andy's back too. Yeah. Do it um, big 18. <laughs> do a big hashtag. <laughs> hashtag do it big 18. Um, but yeah, we're going to we're going to start getting into the group things. So just to catch up, this is going to be like a special football edition and then we'll have a, a special basketball edition later on, uh, probably either next week or the week after. Just because it is the offseason. There's not a lot happening unless there's some breaking news that happens over, you know, the next couple of weeks. We'll probably probably make it go maybe go once every two weeks or so just because i feel like the people the listeners whoever whoever you are when you're listening to this you're not gonna there's not gonna be a lot to talk about unless you want to just hear us ramble for an hour about random life things um (laughs) you can change the name just for the summer (laughs) just for the summer random ramblings with rob and andy yeah or like the bear on the beach like well, that's that's how that's how it's gonna be, right? <laughs> it's just gonna be like a bear on a beach with a beard in its hand. So, so <laughs> pretty good. That would be a good show. There's, there's a lot to talk about outside of uh, Cal Sports, but there I like is. to consume all of my time with Cal Sports anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's let's. Uh, so first off, congratulations. Thank you. Know, you. You're now married. It did happen. It did happen it, without any any bumps or road. Yeah, I give all the credit to um, my wife on that one. She's uh, she planned an amazing event, amazing day, and there was literally not a single thing that went awry. Um, anything that I had planned, like the rehearsal dinner, sure. Certainly. <laughs> that day was uh was was fantastic. It was so much fun, and I was with so many of my friends and family. Uh, by in about five minutes, and I was in Bali, Southeast Asia, and had a total blast and. Almost took you up on your recommendation about dim sum in Hong Kong, but then went to uh, Tim Ho Wan instead, and delicious. Yeah, I mean, you were living up the life looking on Snapchat. <laughs> I'd, I'd be, this is just, this is a side story, but I would be like sleeping, and then all of a sudden, Snapchat alert comes in, and like <laughs> three in the morning, lo and behold, it's like Andy on a beach in Bali. I try, I try to, I try to limit it. <laughs> 
but yeah, that time change. Talk about seriously coming back and coming from Asia, and then sure, you know this very well. Yes. Uh, then going immediately back to work. No bueno. Like, Whoa. Yeah. Feels like I am just half a human right now. Yeah. yeah. So. It, it sucked. It definitely sucked. It was really funny too because I found out about the basketball commit when I was over there, uh-huh. and I tr- I have this thread of. The Cal, the, the friends from Cal that pays and Cal Athletic, and so I tried to message all of them to say like breaking news: we got a basketball commit. But by the time that I had received the message and then my phone had delivered it, it was like three days after the fact, and there was like twenty five messages about it. So a message came from me three days later said breaking news: Cal basketball <laughs> commit. And I was like, guess I'm no longer their source of good information. Uh, but. Not yeah. right now, but you'll get back into the groove of things. Yeah. Definitely. I will say, I've been pretty active back on Twitter, but it's mainly giant stuff, though. Yeah. Well, it's also been a lot of retweeting and, and liking tweets, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not a lot of originals. <laughs> not a lot. Uh, but moving on, a uh, bit of this sad, but, you know, it's a good time of remembrance. Uh, someone close to Andy uh, passed away a few weeks weeks ago right now no uh yeah 10 days ago i think yeah yeah so just about closing it on two weeks um but he's also a friend of the university and of course a cal bear alumni so we're all the one one big family uh, so i turn the mic over to you yeah um this is a big one for anyone that's part of the cal crew family uh, if there are any listeners out there but gary rogers had a huge influence on my life and my ability to go to cal and, uh, you know, I thought we didn't want to miss an opportunity to recognize what he's done for the university and the amount that he's donated in the T. Gary Rogers Rowing Center and uh, the fact that he provides still housing to uh, Cal crew members um, in some of the old dryers offices where he's CEO. And my dad worked directly underneath him. He's an amazing man, uh, an even like better person and in the Cal community. Today I got to go to the memorial with you know, Mike Williams and all the old crew staff and coaches that had left and were now on the East Coast at Ivy League, flew back, all of the dryers people, people, and it was just an amazing, amazing moment. Uh, and he's an amazing person. So if you don't know who he is, I encourage you to look him up. Definitely someone that uh, I think is worth you know learning more about and taking some of those lessons. So rest in peace and thank you for everything you gave me. Yeah, I mean that. I I didn't know about this until I saw your Facebook post, and then that's how I searched him up on Google and all that. Wow, I did not know. Like you know, I'm sure the donors you know are very very you know well regarded and remarkable people, but to see a guy who you know was rowing then to a, a pretty well done business and to contis- consistently give back his alma mater and like basically in the area and in this community yeah right is incredible there's actually a pretty funny story and i'll keep it short um that so he so he was the ceo of dryers little dryers and nestle um and then he moved on to becoming the chairman of levi strauss and they actually didn't allow 
technically anyone to be outside of the family in service to the chairman of the board for Levi Strauss. And Gary was the first person. And the person he took it over from was Walter Hoth. So there's a serious big uh, connection there. And I believe uh, this part could be inaccurate, but I believe they attended Cal together uh, at the same time. And, you know, those are two pretty big, I mean, Hoth is a pretty big name yeah, to throw around names. at Cal. And so, yeah, he's up, he's definitely up there. Uh, definitely read that Cal athletic piece. If anybody's interested that they published about him and his impact on rowing at Berkeley and what it means, uh, are hard to argue that there's been a more influential figure for that program ever. Yeah. So it is up on calbears.com. Uh, they did write a little, little nice piece on it. So I hope Andy writes a little nice piece on him too. We'll see. Uh, but from that, we segue into some cr- congratulations, I guess, to all the grads. Yeah. Right? To all the all the new grads. 2017. 2017. <laughs> That's exactly... Did you, did you realize this? Is the graduates from college this year is exactly 10 years ago we graduated from high school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Went to my high school 10 year, actually. And that's crazy. I was a... Uh, we were talking about this. So I drove by, I went to go, have you ever been to Oriental Fa? Where, which is, where is? It's over on Shattuck. I have not. Uh, quite good. Okay. So I went, <laughs> I went over there to go uh, and get that. And I drove through campus okay. and uh, I went by Memorial Stadium and then I went by uh, the Hearst Theater and mm-hmm. it was all lit up, super sick. And uh yeah, I was thinking that I've been out of college. I am closer to my college, te- like both of us, are yeah. closer to our college 10-year reunion yeah. than we are having been in college. Yeah, we're about to lose the whole young alumni thing. When? It's the, it, the like, the, the season tickets for young alumni, the $99, that's 10 years from your graduation date. <laughs> so you're closer to the end of that than you are to the start of it. So. Oh, God. I got to get writing again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so congratulations. You know, one thing I saw that was really cool on Instagram was um, Jordan Matthews came back to walk general commencement with all the guys. No way. Yeah, I saw pictures uh, from, I can't remember whose who's, uh, Instagram it was, but yeah, was, there he was in the in the, all the photos, dressed up with the hat, cap and gown and everything. So wow. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's great. That was a really cool moment. I know he's your boy. Yeah. <sighs> Dad, I was rooting for him so hard in that shoe. But yeah, on some to, serious time has passed, huh? Yeah, <laughs> we haven't talked about that either. Yeah, on to on to bigger and better things, I guess. Uh, you know, to all the grads, not only the football, but any athletics program guys, and all the people that just went to Cal, non athletics people that graduated. The fun time, the fun time of year. I I remember this time of year as well. It's a great time, and uh, like, don't rush into anything. Uh, yeah, and and your first place you work doesn't. Absolutely, that might not be the one. Yeah, if there's anything I've learned is, uh, it's anybody's guess, really, and when you're going to find your right thing. But if you follow what you're passionate about, then you can end up in a really good spot. Yeah, it's funny because I I asked uh, on Twitter today, like, does anyone have any questions for us? The guy tweeted at me, and we'll talk about his question later. But um, he's in the class of 2020 uh, at Cal, um, and you know, he that means he's probably listening to this podcast too, and. You got you got a couple more years left, but it's good times. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, they're the best time. One of my yeah, 
I don't. I won't go into it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't relate to Cal yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I saw Jabari post a photo that was great. Saw Sam Singer, mm-hmm. um, da- uh, Darius Allensworth, mm-hmm. and Cam uh, Walker. Is Luke Benzer going to transfer? I don't think so. It doesn't look like any of the guys who are who walked okay. are leaving. Okay. So yeah, all of them are. are you know, here. Luke's an interesting follow on Twitter. I'll yeah. say like, <laughs> he's got some uh, really unique not re- unique but unique for the area perspective and uh mm-hmm. i appreciate it because it's different from everything else I see. it is i love the football guys their banter on twitter too yeah. about yeah. anything and everything it's pretty hilarious they were pretty good during the nfl draft yeah i, yeah. I wish i could t- retweet like the whole conversations because there's some conversations that are just flat out hilarious um like when they're talking when they're you know throwing shade at some other guys you know new haircut <laughs> Or what they did on the field and so on and so forth. It's it's pretty funny. Um, so if you if you have a Twitter account, make sure to check out our guys. They're pretty dang hilarious. Uh, but yeah, uh, moving on. Some more general stuff is. Well, I guess we'll just start with that. Is the UA deal we thought started on July first. It's actually starting June first. That was June. Yeah, I because th- because they said the Nike deal ends in the ends at mm-hmm. the end of July or ends at the end of June, early July. Mm. But I guess they just kind of worked it out where June 1st. So where's the sale? I looked online. I see nothing for sale. <laughs> where's yeah, the I don't Monday know. night I don't sale? Maybe, maybe it's on June 1st. Maybe that's when all the prices just start dropping. Because that's when the, what, the Calabar shop or the, the online store yeah. will just start releasing all their new Under Armour stuff. But Cal Athletics has started to put out like these little teaser videos, like 30 second, 40 second yeah. videos. Those gold cleats. The gold cleats. I mean, but those, that wasn't, unex- that wasn't unexpected. That was expected just because Cam Newton had the gold cleats that they put out two years ago. Uh, they had those gold cleats available for purchase last year too. So I, I wasn't that surprised by it just because it's already something that they had made. I'm just more surprised, or I'm just more surprised that like they're starting to, rev up the whole branding thing you know the whole under armor cal thing and how it's coming june 1st and just start building up the hype a little bit um i'm curious do you have any predictions uh i guess we could talk about this for like a minute or two is the predictions of under armor what the, what they might do on june 1st do you think a full-blown all uniforms just showcase everything and just let out a whole bunch of merchandise or like you know it might be a June first, and they might show like the new logo, or like, what do you think might happen on June first? Or what to, do you think? Trying to put on my like work hat, yeah, and think what uh, Under Armour hasn't necessarily been in the news for running a good, effective business lately. But mm-hmm. uh, what I would, I would do if I was in that position is I'd probably hold off on any of the football or basketball stuff because there's no reason to really rush it. There isn't like a clear player right now that I would pinpoint out outside maybe of Mitrich that I'd say is going to be surefire, like pay attention to me type player. So maybe just tease out like one or two and then play around a little bit further with designs. But in the meantime, I for sure would start launching more of like your actual clothing line that the general student population would want. So like the stuff that you and I would buy, maybe some sick sweatshirts or I would for sure buy sweats, maybe... Not any of their shoes because those are awful. Yeah, <laughs> but I would, I will say, if they did release like some pairs of cleats or some new pairs of shoes that had the Cal branding on it, yeah, that could get some eyes 
hurt. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm a sucker. I'm wearing my Cal basketball shorts right now, but I, I would, yeah, I would certainly hold off on any like player related stuff until you, like, I think we'll talk about this later, but with football, it's kind of hard to understand where the light might shine outside of just one single wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and so, but who knows? I mean, I have literally no experience ever launching a store or launching a brand at the university. But yeah, I would focus on getting it out to the student population, making sure that every single student started rocking it and then uh, spread it out to the bands that are outside because they're not as central to my brand. Like you and I will purchase it, but we'll purchase it from afar. Whereas uh, first thing you want to do is, I believe, build impressions within the university. So mm-hmm. build it within your base. You have know. guys wearing it down the street. Like every other yeah. guy is wearing an Under Armour California. But we walk down, you know, to class and, you know, at some time and say, that thick. Where did you that? Yeah. Yep. I think, I think that's the way to go. That's, so the countdown has started. Yeah, I'm for, stoked. I'm honestly stoked for the sale. So we can go, <laughs> you and I can just go get all the Nike stuff. <laughs> yeah. Man, we'll convert later. Also, on top of that, apparently Haas has torn up the floor. Oh, wow. They're redoing the floor. Um, and, yeah, I don't know what's behind pay, what information is behind paywall and what information is not. So, I just, I know that. Gorsi tweeted out a picture of Haas floor being torn up. I'm assuming, you know, it's not only just for the aesthetics, but the picture looked like they were, it looked like you would put in you would. There's no reason you'd take out all those planks and then just for aesthetic purposes, right? Like to take the decals off. I thought that bear logo we had on there was actually relatively new. It was. That was that was when we rebranded with Nike just a few years ago, remember? Mm-hmm. Um with the whole reveal of like the four jerseys and stuff. Like that. Ah, but that could explain why it's up. Yeah. It, it Yeah, so I don't know what the deal is with those designs, whether they're owned by Nike or whether they're owned by us or whether it's just designed by Nike but owned by Cal. Because it could be that Right, mm. but even at that point, you wouldn't want any remnants of your past sponsorship around. So they could easily be tearing up the the floor, putting in brand new floor, and then whatever new designs they come up with for Cal for you know the the stadium, like on the ground and the little bear logo. They might have a new one that they designed. Who knows? Yeah. But it would be really cool to see, like maybe like the you know the the cartoonoski school one, like. You know, smack dab in the middle of the floor. Like, that would be pretty cool. Unique. Or very. I'd like to see the Marshawn one with the with shades. The, the, the shades. <laughs> or the dreads with the hat background. <laughs> We'd have that at center field in the football stadium. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> be great. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, let's, let's go into recruiting. Mm. Start from the top. So we lost our... Big headliner for the 2018 class, which is quarterback Adrian Martinez. Top 50 guy on ESPN, one of the top signal callers in all the country. Decommitted from us, then I believe late last week, committed to Tennessee. Oh. So, so long. Bye bye. Happy trails. Happy trails. All right. Yeah. I, this, 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 this decommit was like weird to me how it played out because he was. There were he started retweeting a whole bunch of things of uh, while he was on his Tennessee trip, and you don't see you don't think much of it, right? Just a guy kid on a trip, you know. Uh, but then there started rumblings of like you know 
uh, of like, oh, is he is he decommitting because like he's starting to retweet like a lot of Tennessee things? But then he came here for Junior Day, and he was wearing the Oski socks that you and I both own. Huh. And you know, apparently he was cool with all the all the guys talking to him, all the other recruits, so on and so forth, like trying to get him to come here. Uh, and then a week or two later, he decommit. I was like, I'm so I was like, so I was so confused. Yeah. I was like, why would you play off? Dude, if, if anyone could understand the high school mind, yeah. <laughs> like, life would be so much easier. It would be. I can't fault the guy. Uh, he committed under a different regime and was, you know, stuck with it and then found something else he liked. Who knows, even with Dyke sticking around, if, if he'd stay, I kind of doubt it if Alabama and Tennessee come calling that he's going to stick into our program, which had never really become elite yeah. at all. Um, he yeah. did commit early. It, it was like the whole Jamal Baker thing with, with for basketball. Exactly. Guy commits way early. Great comparison. And then realizes, oh, wow, I'm, I'm pretty highly recruited. <laughs> like, he doesn't realize that until the big blue bloods come calling, right? The Dukes and the... The Kentuckys and the Alabamas and, you know, the, the Floridas. Like, they, until those guys, big guys come calling, you're like, whoa. And then it starts turning your eye. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Happy trails. Um, no longer talking about him. We'll move on. All right. We have a late edition. This happened today. This happened today, by the way. This, like, this morning, like 11 a.m. Tell me about it. Um, is, uh, oh, God, I'm going to butcher his name so bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do it. All right, he's a he's a three four nose tackle. Uh, his name is Siu Lagas. Siu, come on, Rob, come on. Siu Lagisipai. Boom, bang. I hope I got it right. I really hope I got it. We're gonna call him that for the next six months. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call him by his last name, Fui Maono. Fui Maono, so much easier, so much easier. But Fui Maono, he's he's a true nose tackle. Um, 6'4", 280 right now. Wow. Actually, I think he's... Uh, a hell of a frame. Cal Athletics just tweeted out like the official because he just signed. He literally just signed. Um, and it hit on that, it says he's uh, 295. Hmm. He's actually 15 pounds heavier than what I found on Scout. Oh, and right, So he's a big boy. Uh, but he hails from Okinawa. His dad is a uh, former military man, and they live out there... Uh, he goes to a, a army base school, so a high school on a U.S. Army base. So we haven't broken this on our site yet. We have not. It's just happened today, so I think we're still struggling to figure out who's writing it. But anyways, can you? Uh, uh, what are the ranking? Uh, he's unranked. He's like a he's like an unknown quantity just because he's an overseas kid. You don't get the the rankings and the scout guys out overseas. Uh, I know that for a fact just because I grew up overseas too and my school didn't have a high school football team but the U.S. Army based schools did. Um, mm. The one on the one at Yongsan and also the one the Osan Air Base they both had um, what's that, high school football teams and some of those guys it's crazy because some of those guys you know the scouts don't come out all the way overseas. They don't think they can find recruits overseas right but they send tape um, to you know, colleges and universities and things like that, and they get picked up. I know a guy who played, at, I think he played at Yongsan, which is one of our rival schools, that the Army based in Seoul. 
and he ended up playing football in Florida. Hmm. So, yeah, you do find those. I'm, I I would love to find out how they found out about him and how they offered him, just because it's it's literally it's so late in the process and it's overseas, right? You, so it's a scholarship. Yeah, he's Did a. We he's, have one available. I believe. I guess so. I guess so. Or are we gonna find out? I guess we'll find out. I don't know. I don't know. He signed. So he signed. Gosh. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. He said he signed on this. Bus. So he's here. He's, he signed. That's a he, big body. He will be on campus this fall. Wow. So he's 2017. So that huge help. I mean, I highly doubt he'll will burn his red shirt. I think they might just go with the guys that they've had through the spring mm-hmm. and all the fall guys just kind of, if any of them catches their eye, they might start them, but. I don't think that if if worse comes to worse, if injuries start to pile up, they'll start burning those red shirts. But I think they want to start trying to build that depth up. I definitely have with some. It's exciting times on the football front. It is. It's the. It's, it's weird how like one sport starts to fail and the other one starts to rise again, and then one sport and the that starts to fail, and then the other one starts to rise. Never had that continuity. Uh, so yeah, um, I guess we can talk about the coaching staff. Um, how do you feel? I, someone asked me this question today and I'll find that question from, it's from our boy Felipe Lopez. Uh, he says, what is your overall grade so far on the coaches and what have you been impressed by and what do you think needs improvement? I think he's talking about the coaching staff, what they do. You have any thoughts? I know you haven't been able to see it much, but just from what you've seen on Twitter and some other things like that. Uh, I've been very impressed with the football coaching staff. Uh, I think that they are super active like, in a way that we haven't seen in regard to recruiting. Um, I thought that the O-line recruit that we got, that Greatwood was pretty big on. I thought he was great. It uh, looked fantastic. Um, they are selling the brand of Cal with an added emphasis on actually competing. Uh, not all just athletics, but the combination of both. You can get your degree and play football and set yourself up for success. And then we've talked about this before. The material in which they are being supported with is far better than whatever was going on before. So I have no idea if that is a compliment to coaching staff or simply just somebody in that department performing at what I think is better than what I saw before. But I'm also not a recruit, so... It looks cool to me, but I am outside of the age range now where people worry about what I think is cool and not cool. So uh, I'm super excited about it. I think it's an excellent staff. I love a lot of the fundamentals that uh, we've been focusing on. Like I like the idea somewhat of making everyone on the team understand how to tackle. I think it's ultimately probably something that is a little unnecessary, but I think it was like John Wooden that had everyone like tie, tie their own shoes or like and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of examples like that amongst some of the elite coaches where, um, you know, even Greatwood is a good example of that, like having each member of the O-line play each position so that they're always ready. Um, so while I think it might have been overkill, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what we're focusing on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, the, the big thing I got away from, like, all the spring practices, or which only three, and then the spring game that I went to, 
from all the post coaching uh, conversation that the biggest takeaway for me was how much the defensive side of the ball and all those guys love how the day to day works, how you learn about your position, you learn the fundamentals, um, and then you go into the schemes and what each play is and how your part in the play is is played. So I, th- I think it's cool that, you know, the safeties and the and the cornerbacks know, all right, this when this coverage is called, this is what we're doing. But the, the D-line and the, the linebackers also know what the safeties and the DBs are doing in that coverage and in, in what the play call is. Mm. Just so that... Bigger amount of shared knowledge. Exactly. So now what happens is the middle linebackers or, the, or even the edge linebackers, when they're dropping back into coverage and they funnel a wide receiver towards the DB or if they're playing zone, right? Mm. You know where the guy behind you is going to be, right? Instead of you playing your zone, you're, all, you're playing your zone, but you also have the added knowledge of uh, he's going to probably be right there. And if I funnel him towards there, I'm going to have help to get this guy down or to, you know, pressure him and he can make the pickoff. Like, it, I think that's the cool part is that guys can start to understand that I'm not just doing my job. I can also understand the bigger picture here. And that some of the players were saying that too, how that it was so cool to them to understand like, oh, what I'm doing here, like, you know, if I'm if I'm an edge linebacker and I am rushing the passer from this end and I push the left tackle or the right tackle back all the way, then that opens up, you know, the other side. Like he they're they're getting like why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. That's really interesting because if you look and certainly probably diving too far into this though, if you looked at last season as an example, you could see like Looney breaking through on a play, but then nobody else effectively doing anything with his like effort it yeah. sort of seemed like it was an isolated incident or like weaver would come around it but yet if he you know forced the quarterback up it'd be like everybody else would be in a different spot and then the quarterback would just take up you know go into into space and run away mm-hmm. so definitely reading too far into it on my part but it is kind of neat uh to see really or to hear about that yeah. and the fact that you're actually seeing it. Yeah, I think on and then on the offensive side of the ball, Bo Baldwin has is without a doubt throughout the entire spring has always emphasized the whole I want guys to stop thinking. I want guys to just go in there and just they see the play, they know what they're gonna do and they just execute. Like that's that's what he wants. He wants guys to stop thinking and just start to be able to play. because um, they'll the they'll look at the sideline, they'll get the play call and automatically their body will already know oh, I got to line up here. This is what I'm doing on this play. And it just kind of goes in that slight, the offense kind of goes in the autopilot mode where it's running so smoothly because everyone knows what they're doing. No one's scrambling left and right. Um, and everyone knows like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm doing. And the wide receivers are the same thing. They, it's, they said it's cool that they're learning different positions because now that they're learning different positions, now they know like if he's the decoy, on this route. Um, I think if you just constantly were playing at that position, then you get bored with that. But then you know that when you do those things, because you've played other positions, that opens up, let's say, the screen ball underneath, and that gives you upfield to maybe throw down a block downfield so he can go for the touchdown. Like it, They said the wide receivers are getting more and more knowledge of, oh, this is why I'm 
And I think that's an overall theme with this team is that they're they're not playing just their position, they're playing football. And I know that sounds very cliche, but that's that's what it's come slowly coming back to is they're they're getting they're reinvigorating their love for the sport and not for their position. And I thought that was I thought that all spring was pretty up and was really, really cool. Um I guess we'll move on to the quarterback competition. Yeah. There's only two quarterbacks, <laughs> really, <laughs> that are in the hunt for this. It's Chase Forrest and Frost Bauer. They've, been got, they've gotten the majority of the snaps at, for the first and second team reps. Um, rarely do you see Vic Viramontes even like on the field as a quarterback. I mean, he's there wearing quarterback number um, and with all the other quarterback. Max Gilliam is the guy that gets in and gets the quarterback snaps like every three or four possessions. So that's what it seems like. Of course, they didn't announce who the starter was, and I highly doubt they'll announce who the starter is until probably midway through fall camp. Mm. Heck, even later, like towards the end of fall camp. But the big thing here now is barring... Garber's coming in and blowing everyone out of the water. It'll be one of the two. Um, my personal opinion is it'll. It's my personal opinion from what I've seen. It's Ross Bowers' job. He's more dynamic. Uh, he's he takes some shot. He takes some gambles, but he can also win you. Chase is just as good. Chase's game reminds me exactly of Alex. Like right now in in Kansas City. That 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 game game manager type mold, but can make the right throws, can get out and run as well if need be, and won't lose you anything. So I guess that I guess it depends on the what the coaching staff wants, right? Do you want to go with the safe option that won't win you any games? Or do you go with the exciting talent um, that might lose you some? I'm still angry at Sonny for not playing any <laughs> of these guys because it does feel like odd. It feels like we have four freshman quarterbacks. It does. And I don't mean that as a slight against any of them because uh, I know they're obviously not. They've just been in the program forever, uh, for a while now, and yeah. Ross too. So, um, but it it just feels like we're so we just have no idea. So let me throw a question your way. Um, if you had to choose, like right now, if you were coach, mm-hmm. you're you're Tui, you're Tui Asasopo. Mm-hmm. So you have Wilcox coming to your office thing. Rob, we have two quarterbacks, Bowers, Forrest. We have option C, unknown, somebody else. Who do you choose? At this point, I choose Bowers. Stick with what you have. Mm-hmm. The big thing is, is you're implementing a new system. You just went through spring ball. And the guys as it is, I wouldn't say they're struggling. But anytime you're learning something new, especially a, a football playbook. You know, I've never learned a football playbook, but, you know, judging from my Madden years. Um, even memorizing like the plays from a Madden video game is really intense. But to know every single position and all that, and all, you know the the blocking schemes and all that good stuff, it's it's a lot to take in. 
And for a guy to come in handicapped like that, you know, not even to be able to, to get it, what, all camps, what, six weeks? Get all that in before your first game? You'd have to you'd have to be like the next Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Can I throw to, Devil's Advocate? Yes. Davis Webb? Yep. But... Uh, similar system? Yeah, that's what I would say. Is the the schemes are a little bit similar. Um, he knows that he's he's just going to be slinging the ball. He just has to look for the right passes and just get mm-hmm. the timings down. But then this offense is is different. There's a lot more read option. There's a lot, there's a lot more RPOs, uh, which John Gruden hates. <laughs> John Gruden hates RPOs. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of new little kinks in this that come from a spread offense, yes, but also a spread offense that moves around a lot. Um, and this, you know how we've, we've always wanted a ba- more balanced run game? I think this offense gives us that, but we won't be satisfied in the aspect that it'll be a, oh, it'll be a 50-50 split. I think we'll be more satisfied because there are going to be games where we're going to be running the ball 60% of the time and passing 40% of the time. There's also going to be times where we're going to be throwing 70% of the time and running 30% of the time. This offense adjusts to what works. And Bo Baldwin's play calling, you can see that. So if that works, I'm fine with that. Like I don't have to see a 50-50 play. It's just, I know we were we struggled last year with the play calling just because clearly we see that Running the ball is advantageous in this point in time, but they weren't doing it. Or even the opposite. I felt like a lot of times running the ball was effective. Pass exactly. Sake pass. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this offense is will be fun to watch. That's, That's pretty exciting. Sure. Yeah, it is. I'm actually really excited. Um, I, I can't wait. I feel this way every time mm-hmm. football. I didn't feel it as much last year, but I was still very excited, especially with Davis coming in. Yeah, and but, Demetrius too. Like yeah, they were just, yeah, there was yeah just exactly. There's a lot, yeah. but this is, uh, I'm super excited to see this generation of Cal football start off. Any new coach I think is always exciting to watch. And especially when you bring in a new coach that's implementing a brand new thing, like offense and defense. And with the, with the caliber of the coaching staff, um, I definitely think like, I don't want to set that bar, but I think we'll overachieve. I just think the coaching staff is just too good. I think the coaching staff is one of those where they're great at coaching guys up. Yeah, I agree. Our coaching hires have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. what I don't understand. It confuses to how we were able to do that. <laughs> and then we haven't been able to do it as much on the basketball side. Yeah, um, I, just, just the, how the guys rave about the coaches is really cool to see you know like Addy Ooms is like like Ray Woods one of the legend, you know yeah uh, in, you know at the position said I'm trying to learn something from him every single day and you know he he says the the cool thing I heard from Greatwood or from Addy was about Greatwood saying how so uh, this little story is Addison learned something from Greatwood one day then he learned another thing from him the second day um but by the third day, he was already doing something else that Greatwood hadn't taught him yet. But Greatwood was so impressed by that. He's like, see, see, like, see, because you did the first two things I taught you, you're doing things now that I didn't teach you yet, but you're just, it's just increasing exponentially. And he didn't go into the specifics. That's exactly how he said the story. 
Uh, and I was like, that's coaching. <laughs> that's, 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 that's how you coach up players. And I was like, well, okay, now I'm semi-hyped. <laughs> and I'm putting myself in a hole again. We don't need a lot of, uh, a lot of positive things don't. to get the hype train going. We don't. Top 10, hype starts. <laughs> Top 5, hype <laughs> continues. But yeah, um, let me just give you a quick rundown of what happened at the spring game. Okay. Um, and Because I wrote the piece on it. I was there. I read the whole thing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Did a great job. Thank you. So some stats. Uh, kind of, I know, eight receptions, 112 yards. These are, of course, unofficial. Vic and Wary, eight rushes, 38 yards and a touchdown. Derek Clark, five rushes, 25 yards. Derek, uh, Jordan Duncan, four receptions, 31 yards and two touchdowns. Two of those receptions, by the way, were um, amazing. <laughs> wow. Uh, Jordan, one of them I still remember is, you know, you know where press, press box, the right end zone um, towards the, on the bottom side. Uh, he's running like an out route towards the end zone or towards the sideline in the end zone. And he reaches down. The ball's a little low and away from him. And he reaches down with his left hand and just grabs it before it touches the ground and reels it in. And mm. it's such, I was so stunned by that catch. <laughs> Moving away from the wall? Yeah. Yeah. That's... Oh, wow. One-handed? Yeah, one-handed. Unreal. Unreal. Um, and then the defense. My God. They are fun to watch. <laughs> what? Excuse yeah. me? Come again? Mm-hmm. What exactly. <laughs> What was that, wrong? Yeah. So the L defense is fun to five, watch. The five guys I put up. That's a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't heard that in yeah. four years. <laughs> the defense is fun to watch. <laughs> Actually, it's probably been more than four years than we, that we've said that defense is fun. Yeah. Uh, but the five names I put out was Yande Johnson, Elijah Hicks, Marlon Sean Franklin, Russell Uday, Quinn Tartable. My top five guys from the spring game. Uday? Yeah. But, but re- really, Yande Johnson... I don't know what they did with him through those practices that media was not allowed. Um, the man is born again. Like he, he's wreaking havoc left, right. And it is scary. Downright scary. And we talked to him after the spring game and you could see on his face the just the joy of him like being good. Like he's, he's excited in himself. And he's playing. Um, and so he's very, very good. Wow. So our D-line depth is not that good in terms of, you know, how many guys we have at each position rotation-wise. But if everyone stays healthy, that two deep is going to be pretty dang solid. So I don't have any... If, but if our injury, if an injury bug hits along the D-line, yeah, we're done. We're absolutely um, and then also, of course, Elijah hit. Ooh, good. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm booking. I. If he wasn't a freshman, I would say he's the other cornerback slot or locked up. Easy. Easy. But I will say this now: he's already on the two deep, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, so it'll be Da on one side. I'm pretty sure it'll be Marlochon on the other. But I wouldn't be surprised by if by the end of fall camp they name Elijah Hicks the other starting. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't That's yeah. crazy. I wouldn't be surprised. He's that good. Well, so t- tell me like 
the elephant in the room. Tell me about our linebacker. That's the elephant in the room, right? Um, and from what I've seen, the middle linebackers, I think, will be good just because we've had we had some experience there, especially with the seniors too, right? With Ray Davison and probably Devontae Downs being the two guys right there. I think I think you got a good good uh, starting two to lead the other younger guys up the middle. The edge is that's the that's where the question mark comes in, and that's not a question mark of talent. It's a question mark of just experience, because you got guys like Uday who are now standing up right mm-hmm. on the left or on the right, and you also got guys like Evan Weaver now standing up on the left and on the right. So it's just the amount of reps they get from that standing position versus with their hand in the dirt. Um, that's where it comes. But if if they adjust to their positions as quickly as some of these guys are improving, I don't have any issues with that. And we played so many, like, you know, Kunasic played last year, remember, with the game-winning interception at Oregon, and he evolved pretty well over the course of the season, too. So I think the depth at the linebacker position isn't great, but just like with the D, just like with the D line, it's good if we don't get injured. And that's a scary thing to say because there's always injuries in football. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm very 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 optimistic about the defense. So some defensive stats is uh, Cameron Bynum had six tackles and a pass breakup. Russell Lude had a sack and a forced fumble. Elijah Hicks had three pass breakups and an INT. One of those pass breakups should have been an INT too. He just he couldn't gather the ball in time before he hit the ground. And then Jaron Brown had two hurries from the safety position. Or no, sorry, uh, from the outside linebacker position. Jaron Brown is also, so that's a cool story, is he's a walk-on from Washington, like University of Washington. Um, and he's, the, he's a modern-day product. He's the cousin of... Uh, one of our top O-line prospects in 2018, Tommy Brown, who is arguably the best offensive lineman in the state of California. So, that modern-day pipeline, Aaron Brown and Malik McMorris. Oh, I'm excited. Exciting time. Media days are coming up in about a month and a half down in L.A. Fall camp starts literally in a month. Late July, early August, early August, yeah. right before school starts to start. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be some pretty fun time. Come around the corner. It is. It's really fast. You know, the NBA draft's happening in a, in a few weeks. The lottery's happening tomorrow. Like this, this sports season is is going by pretty quick, pretty quick. I know you as a Giants fan, you probably want to. Hey, the season going a little. We're good. Faster. No, we're good. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't lost faith. I haven't lost faith yet. Uh, I still I still believe. We all do. I believe my angels do. <laughs> I need pull holes and start playing better, man. Uh, Come on, Albert. He'll, he'll get the 600. <laughs> and, then and, then he'll, and then he'll die. And they'll just break down. Um, <clears throat> let's move on from, uh, from our team right now and move on to the NFL guys. Draft night was, what, two weeks, three weeks ago now? Um, and... No guys drafted on the first night, but hey, uh, Davis Webb 
pick, third round, number the 23rd pick in the third round, number 87 overall, the New York Giants. I thought that was a solid pick. And he goes to a team where he gets to sit behind a pretty solid gunslinger in Eli Manning, who's won championship. And whenever he, if he does end up being the heir apparent to Eli Manning, right? Like, of course, this always changes because, like, next year, if the Giants suck and they get the number one pick, like, are they not going to take Lamar Jackson? You know, like, if they're up there. So, but if he does become the heir apparent to Eli Manning and takes over for that job, he's got some fun targets to throw to. And his deep ball is already accurate. And what he could, what he probably could do with Sterling Shepard and, Oh my lord, Odell Beckham Jr. It's gonna be some fun time. Um, and then also in the fourth round, thirty-fourth pick in the thirty-fifth pick in the fourth round, number one forty-one overall, Chad Hansen in the New York Jet. Wearing number seven. Docker. <laughs> Him and Decker. Uh, and Brandon Marshall, right? That's who they no, have. Oh Brandon Brandon moved on. He's with the Giants now. Brandon Marshall's on the Giants now? Yeah. Oh, everywhere. <laughs> well, Decker. Yep. Decker and him. Hanson. Yeah. Solid. Uh, did they take another wide receiver? I think they did. I, I know Jets fans guy. were angry because they, they didn't take a tight end. So, but I mean, you look at the only question is who's going to be throwing them the ball. Right. That's the only question that they have. But yeah, I mean, he doesn't have top end speed. But you don't need him to. He's. I think he's going to end up being like a possession receiver type where you just throw it up to him and just let him go get it, which he's amazing at. Know that. Mm-hmm. I, I sincerely hope that he's successful. Um, I definitely think that his measurables were pedestrian. Yeah. Well, not pedestrian. They're like they're uh, average. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Average for the NFL, which yeah. is elite. Yeah. Um, which is faster than any of us could ever hope to be yeah. ever. <laughs> Those are <laughs> supremely elite in any other context. So, yeah, I mean, it could be a really good location for him. It's cool that him and Davis Webb get to be in the same city. <laughs> and, yeah, I totally agree with everything you said about Davis Webb. I think that sitting behind Eli Manning is great. He has amazing targets. Gets to potentially have a fair amount of time. You don't use a third-round pick to not create the heir apparent. So <laughs> their intentions are clear. Yeah. So, um by all means, seems like a good organization, and he's with his with our boy Shane. Yeah, he is. I thought that was cool. I, and this is going to be fun too, because Davis is going to be since he was drafted in the third round. That most likely means when preseason rolls around, Eli will probably play like what the first like two drives, and most likely like the second, all of the second and third quarter is going to be his to play around with. So we're going to be actually being able to see him play, mm. which is going to be a fun part of the next season. But how cool is that that the two of them who were, you know, best buddies here are both in New York now? I put a hashtag future roommates. <laughs> Which could easily happen. You could easily get a place in New York with the two, like in Manhattan with the two of them. Oh. One goes out to the Manhattan. No problem. <laughs> no problem. They could make that work. Uh, and then, of course, this was the surprise for me. Seventh round, 23rd pick, number 241 overall, Kalfani Muhammad to the Tennessee Titans. One of my favorite picks of the draft. Seriously. Like, he was so underrated at Cal the whole time. He was so good. He was one of those guys, I, I know at least for me, every year was, oh, Calfani's going to focus on track now. All right. And then... <laughs> and then he was excellent. And yep. he bounces off of guys, breaks tackles, has 
really solid quickness. Runs 80 yards. Vision. Yeah. The flat. Uh, yeah, I think he's a, he's a really good back. And especially DeMarco Murray being there, pretty nice back for him. Like, if, you know, so long as he makes the team to be able to learn from. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at that and I said, and his Derrick Henry from him too. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a log. Yeah, but then at the same time, I looked at that and I said, actually, he might be able to stick with the team because I look at that and go, okay, just looking at the running back position, he's the only speed back. And I looked at their depth chart and I said, he's. I don't want to be, sound like a homer, but he's the fastest guy out of those running back. So he could easily be that that pass catching third down back out of the backfield for Mariota, which would be. Really fun to watch. Can you imagine a, a run play, a run option with Mariota and, and Calfani in terms of going to the outside? This <laughs> <No. laughs> is pure speed. Uh, but then the big thing for me was that Calfani ran kickoffs. And for guys that get drafted later on in the draft, I've come to realize over the years, is the way you stick, at least first, by playing special. And he has that in him. Like he, he can field kickoffs and. I'm sure if they wanted to transform him in the kicking or taking some punts, he probably could do it too. He's good at tracking the ball as a kickoff. Jeremy Ross has been in the league a long time. Yep. Was just as a punt. Yep. He also leapfrogged a lot of guys too, turtled them, and oh. but he also got a lot of slack. And uh, was it was he in Green Bay where he got basically run out of town for dropping so many uh, punts and kickoffs? Sad. Sad. But yeah, NFL NFL seasons are around the corner. Not really around the corner, but coming up. I mean, those preseason games will get you. Because those come really early. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Time out. Yeah. And then the fall camp will start. And um, yeah. Sadly, our dream did not come true where we go to the Chargers Niners game here in Santa Clara. And I'm wearing a Keenan Allen jersey and you're wearing a Davis Webb Niners jersey. Sadly. It did not come it's true. Like, uh, that Solomon Thomas jersey is <laughs> real nice. <laughs> this is a good draft for us. Reuben Foster. Yeah. Great draft. Yeah, I, had, I mean, as a charge fan, Mike Williams. Watch your performance. Ooh. Ooh. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think that's it. That's, that's pretty much uh, all our football talk that we had scheduled for today. Go Bears. Go Bears.